Show. It is a Tuesday, September 3rd. I'm your host, Will Settler, alongside Isaac Bugarin for episode 32 of Game 7, live from Met Radio in Denver, Colorado. How we doing today, Mr. Isaac? Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. All right, did you hear LeBron James's uh, um, crew is trying to trademark Taco Tuesday? I mean, I don't know if that's legal, but that'd be pretty cool. We're about cool. to find out. It's Taco Tuesday, man. It's a good day. It's a great day to be, to it's be a here. It's day to be alive. Every day's a great day. Let's make today a good day. Let's make this podcast a great episode. What do you say? I'm telling you, it's going to be our best episode yet. This is going to be it, man. This is, this is, is, is going to be a great show. You know what week it is, man? Not only is it Raider Hate Week, but it is also Nebraska Hate Week. It's just always week. Always just hate. Always. It was a good week last week. It's opening week for football. You know, for or I guess I, sh- I should say um, NFL football. It's opening week. We finally got some real football, right? I believe it's the Packers and the Bears that open up on Thursday night, right? Woo! What a great week, man. This is a great week. Bears, that's going to be a good game. Yeah, man. I got Aaron Rodgers and I got the Bears defense. So I'm not starting Aaron Rodgers, but I am starting the Bears defense on my fantasy football team. What were you thinking? Who are you starting a quarterback, man? Since Dak Prescott because he's because, uh, because uh, he's going up against the Giants and I mean, New I York secondary is garbage. That's a pretty good pick. Maybe. If you're listening for the first time ever, this is the Game Seven podcast where we're just a couple college kids and all we do is talk about sports on a weekly basis. Uh, this show is brought to you by Met Radio. Met Radio is the student voice of MSU Denver. We are both a couple college students here, like I just said. Will is a journalism major. I am a sport management major. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can hit us up with questions for all of our podcasts. Interact with us, interact with us on social media. If you want to email us, because we're going to make some takes. So if you don't like our takes, email us, game7show at gmail.com. That is game7show at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Facebook, Game7Show, YouTube, Game7Show. YouTube is where we post all of our um, full-length clips of the video. Full-length video clips, I guess I should say. Um, podcast is probably going to be right around an hour and 15 minutes, I bet, today. Somewhere around there. We got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Oh, yeah. Um, Twitter, underscore Game7. That is Twitter, underscore G-A-M-E-S-E-V-E-N. You can spell. That a boy. I can. You can follow Fine. Will Sattler at... at Will underscore Sattler. You can follow myself at Isaac underscore Bugarin. That is W-I-L-L underscore S-A-T-L-E-R. And you can follow me at Isaac underscore Bugarin. I-S-A-A-C underscore B-U-G-A-R-I-N. I can hear them all typing right now into Twitter. They're like, B-U-G-R-A-I-N. I know. Somebody's always, my, my last name is always butchered. It never fails. Well, same. I get Salter a lot. Salty, Sattler, Saltler. You get it spelled wrong like an important thing. I feel like yeah like my my student ID is spelled wrong did you know oh, that Oh no way yeah it's B-U-R-G-A-R-I-N like totally butchered transfer um, season don't tempt me with a good time we give you a new show every Tuesday you can find us on mymetmedia.com again uh, Met Media is the student voice of MSU Denver MSU Denver has a uh, newspaper TV radio uh, magazine you name it I think MSU Denver has it yeah, that's so very, very, very true. So shout out to uh, Met Media for hosting us and giving us the ability to post and use the studio and basically give you a professional podcast at the collegiate level. At 18, or I guess I'm not 18 anymore. At 19 and 21 years I'm old. I'm 21. That is true. This is the first episode that he's 21. He's still a little hungover from last week. It was um, a good weekend, man. It was a good weekend. Yeah, he had a lot of fun, I bet. 
Last week was a last week was a great week, man. I went to the Rockies game on Monday, <laughs> went to the Rockies game on Tuesday. Hey, by the way, um, shout out to the guy that I met actually at the Rockies Red Sox game on Tuesday. Is he listening? I I don't know. So um, I I forgot to ask him his name, but if if by chance you're li- he knows who he is because he's the only dude that- I met him at a concession stand. What is that like in the left field area of Coors Field? Um, Were you at Famous Dave's? No, no, it was more like a I guess not left field. It was, it was foul territory left field right at this concession stand. So like third base side foul territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like um, the chicken tender stand. I don't know. I was thinking more of like the um, memorabilia stand where they like the autographs. Like, where you buy like game yeah, used yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Game used stuff. So I met him there. Actually, I was with my mom at the Red Sox game. Um, we were standing there, and I was actually talking to my mom about Jared Carabas. He's the um, he's a writer for Barstool Sports, covers the Red Sox, covers all of Major League Baseball, basically. He does a couple podcasts. And I was telling my mom that he was at Coors Field. And um, this guy, he he's like, oh, do you listen to Starting 9? Do you listen to uh, Section 10, pod- both those podcasts that he does? And I was like, yeah, I listen to him. And uh, we, we talked about it for a second. And I wasn't going to tell him I had a sports podcast because I felt like when you're talking about like a professional podcast, I, I, I didn't want to be like, hey, actually, while you listen to their podcast, come listen to my podcast. But my mom was like, hey, he also has a podcast. Why don't you follow him? And he was like, yeah, sure, I'll follow you. And he pulled out his phone right there, subscribed. So oh, if, no if, you, if he's listening, if you're listening right now, follow, bro, follow me on Twitter. I'll, hit, I'll hook you up with, this, with a sticker. With the sticker? With the, with turn one it of a little, our, turn it a little bit to stickers. the right, bro. Can you see it? If you're watching, a little bit more. So if you're watching you on, yeah, we see it good okay. now. If you're watching on YouTube, you get to see the sticker on Isaac's laptop. Not the I Miss My Dog one. We don't have those for sale. We don't have any stickers for sale. But the Game 7 podcast, it is kind of small on his computer, but I think it's the perfect size. You know, Size, like two, size matters, but when it comes to stickers, I think like, this is a good size. I think it's like two and a half by three inches or something like that. Yeah, it sounds about right. Something like that. Uh, it's a sweet sticker, man. I like it. So uh, let me know. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, bro. And I'll get you one in the mail. Like, seriously, I'm so down. And even if you aren't that random Red Sox fan that Isaac met, hit us up on Twitter. We're giving out some stickers. We got plenty of them left. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll order more if the, the hype train is real. Um, but they're pretty sweet. I put one on my laptop. It's probably my favorite sticker now. Uh, oh, I'll yeah. probably put one on my fridge. It's got uh, – I'm looking at the sticker right now as we, as we speak about it. One, it's got our bitmojis. This is this is a new logo that we actually rolled out in uh, – Summer. Over the summer? Yeah. yeah. Over the summer, we rolled out a new logo. It's got our bitmojis at the um, corners at the top. Game 7 podcast with Isaac Bugarin and Will Sattler. And then it's got the MSU Denver Roadrunner logo kind of faded into the background, which is pretty sweet. sweet. And then it says, presented by Met Radio, the student voice of MSU Denver, basically because that's who sponsors us, right? Basically, they give us the platform to talk. Right. And then at the bottom, you can see all the um, platforms that we're, that we're on, Facebook, Twitter, you, you email us, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify. It's a pretty sweet sticker. I like it, man. I like it. I'm really happy of it. And you got them for a pretty good deal, huh? Oh, yeah. And so now I'm thinking of getting us some polos, man. Dude, the polos like, We, we talked sick. about it on the last episode a little bit, but I'm, I'm thinking about getting like a black polo and then in white writing it says like the Game 7 podcast or something. Game Should it be Game 7 podcast or Game 7 show? I feel like we're a bigger podcast. Or it could just be Game 7. I mean, you don't really have to have either or. Yeah. That's but we're true. not really just a podcast because we do our YouTube content, we do our show, different things like that. So yeah. it's not necessarily that we're just a, show, a podcast or a show. And originally we went with the show like slogan because we were also live. 
Yeah. Uh, and that wasn't really the best fit for us, at least at this time. Like, going live is cool, but with our fan base and with our listeners, like, they like to hear the sit down whenever they don't have to listen to it live or whatever so yeah um that may be something we look to in the future but right now it's just the game seven podcast you can find us on apple you can find us on spotify which is super sweet like that's so crazy to think of so it is how many people do you know that have a a podcast on apple and spotify um like personally or like did i actually listen to because i really like podcast listening i only have a couple people saved right i have r2c2 which is ryan rucco uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes Network yep. and CC Sabathia. Um, I have the Mike Stud podcast, the You Never Know. You know what I mean. It's what yeah. it's called. It's pretty good. Um, uh, Matthew Hag, who is the owner of 100 Thieves, which is an esports organization. Okay. Um, he has a pretty cool, like, business one necessarily um, that I listen to time to time. Um, so just different things like that. Like, podcasts are coming in and. They really had a growth period last year. Now they're just kind of like, you got to have a Every, podcast. Everybody has a podcast. I mean, like, even The Athletic has a, a section a podcast for, for podcast. Yeah, which is crazy to think. And everybody like, has a podcast, right. you know? Which is which is the future, man, and you got to have one. And It's, it's, it's crazy because I was actually just talking to some, so I'm the sports radio director here at MSU Denver, so I basically flex. put my um, little input and I help people get, shit, get their own show started. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just talking to a guy who's from New York, um, actually just came to denver and he's interested in radio and uh, i was just telling him how basically yeah you we could have a live radio show here at msu denver but everything is still going to be a podcast like none no no matter what we are getting you a podcast no matter what like that is the the bare minimum minimum is to have a podcast because it's the future of sports radio i think i I guess radio in general is podcast you know you, you could listen to it whenever you want um, able to go back, you're able to fast forward, rewind. You don't have to listen to advertisements all the time. We're lucky we don't have a lot of advertisements that we played right. for this show, but we'll see about that. I'm well, we're not making it. money, so therefore we're able to have to play advertisements and yeah. vice versa. This is internet radio; it's free radio. True so. story. And and just the one person I didn't mention is like Adrian Wojnarowski. He has his own uh, pod yeah, that does, I listen huh? to. He does. Um, I know CJ McCollum has one, but we don't. I don't really listen to his. Doesn't Draymond Green have a podcast? I'm, I remember Drake but, roasted Draymond Green at the ESPYS. When he hosted it, was that three, four years oh, ago? Oh, that now? was the best monologue and, next to Peyton Manning. Yeah, and Drake, Drake literally tells him he's like, he's like, yeah, Draymond Green's got a new podcast, man. He's like, it's a tough listen. It's a tough <laughs> listen. <laughs> he's really but, kicking it on there, huh? Yeah, he is. Um, but, but let's get into our podcast. Let's talk about us. Now that we're what ten minutes in, eleven minutes in, or something like that something by now. Something like that. Um, today we're going to talk about the Rockies and how they still suck, which is not any news. Basically, we're t- we're going to talk about the Broncos. We're going to talk a little bit about USA basketball, and then we're going to talk about some college football, CU, um, CSU, CU, and Nebraska. Then we're also going to dive into some fan questions. So that's what we got on the agenda for today. But real quick, first, let's talk about today in sports history. 1986, um, Olympic gold winner Sean White was born. So this is his 33rd birthday. Happy birthday, Sean White. September 30, 33. Kind of crazy, yep. 2001, St. Louis Cardinals rookie pitcher Bud Smith tosses a no-hitter against the Padres in a 4-0 win. Do you know who Bud Smith is? No, I, no it's Bud Black and um, Seth Smith combined. Bud Black and Seth Smith? Mm-hmm. I remember Seth Smith. He tossed me my first like game actual ball. I got one from Clint Hurdle. That was like my first ever ball. Um, and then Seth Smith tossed me one on a third out. Kind of like Charlie Blackman. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. He's a cool guy. Seth Smith, I remember he had, he had a couple walk-off home runs um, when he was a Rocky. A couple big hits, too. Um, especially in that play, that playoff run that we had in, what, 2011, I think it was? Or 2009. 
2009? Yeah, they didn't make the playoffs after 2009. Until 2015. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. That's or 2017. 2017, that's right. But Smith only played in the major leagues for two years. 2001 and 2002, he had a record of 7-8. and eight. He is now 39 years old, which is crazy to think. You throw a no-hitter in your fourth career outing against the Padres, and then you're only going to pitch for like a year and a half longer. So That's crazy. He said he's 39. Yeah, he's 39 right now. Still be pitching, Jamie Moyer style. He could be, man. Unfortunately, he's not. In 2008, the brand new Oklahoma City franchise in the NBA announced that they will be named the Thunder. Well, they were previously the Seattle SuperSonics. Yep. Um, I, I'll, I mean, here's a good take. I think we'll see Seattle back by 2025 in the NBA. Ooh, you give it that long? I mean, that's just a very wide perception because I, I think when the CBA, oh, maybe like a yeah. year after the CBA would be a good, um, a good time point. to announce But that. a really good way to see how successful that a franchise could be in Seattle is the new NHL franchise that's in Seattle yeah, that's exactly. coming next year. So if that franchise is very successful, why would the NBA and Adam Silver not want to jump into Seattle, which is a huge market in general? I don't know I'll, why there's no sports I'll, there. No, no, they have tons of sports and they're all really successful. Well, I mean, and they're not the like Seattle, the big you got, sports. You got the Seattle Seahawks and the NFL, um, the Seattle Sound, who they sell out a lot of yeah. um, MLS soccer games. Like they sell out a lot, and their stadium has has broken a couple of records, I believe, for oh, yeah. like actually shaking the ground. Like earth, they have earthquakes in Seattle because of the Seattle Sound fans and that stadium. That's what I mean. Like their fans are out, like world class. Even Washington and Washington State games in yeah. the Pac-12 are pretty hype. So yeah, um, that it's a really good environment to have oh, sports. Yeah. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a franchise move back there. I don't think it'll be a franchise that moves there. It, it'll be an expansion, which yeah. probably means they're going to expand with two teams, right? They kind of have to do two teams. At once, yeah, exactly. So where else would you put a franchise? Another Canadian franchise? I mean, Toronto's been pretty damn successful. Yeah, I mean, what about... Um, well, you have to think of, of what division needs a, a football team. So I guess... Basketball. Or what, what team needs a basketball team or what league what what conference needs a basketball team so i guess you kind of have to even it out and you have to go to the well i guess you have to go to the east coast so you'd go to i mean new york already has two three uh, uh, yeah brooklyn new york i think uh, there's more than two in new york right wow the new york knicks and the and, and the brooklyn nets so two yeah okay okay i mean what if they went to like Boston already has one. Who else am I thinking of? I mean, Florida. You could always add teams in Florida. Oh, no. You couldn't add any more teams to Florida. Well, they got four football teams, don't Nobody they? Nobody wants to go to games in, in Miami. Nobody wants to go to games in, in Orlando. Nobody wants to go to basketball games in Miami. I feel in like the Florida. Miami Heat are like top five in attendance. I feel like it. I mean, now that Dwayne Wade would they is retired. Add, they wouldn't add one to another one to like Carolina or something, would they? I mean, that's very possible. I mean, the East Coast is unlimited potential, right? So anywhere you put a franchise on the East Coast, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the East Coast. It could be a central team. Um, and like I said, Canada, if you put something on the East Coast. What, what if another team went to somewhere? Okay, so yeah, if we added one in Seattle, then you, I guess you can't do Idaho, Montana. You can't do anywhere north of us. Well, there's no people in those states anyway. Nevada? Uh, could that you, would be a could Las you, Vegas team, yeah. Could you add one to... But that would be very similar to the NHL. I don't know if they What about do like that. Missouri? Could you add like one in St. Louis? Well, who's there right now? Nobody, right? Nobody. So you could, you might be able to get away with that. That's a one. pretty good market. Or Nashville. Oh, I guess they already have the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. Um, the Predators kind of run that town. Indiana. In Indiana is a really big basketball state. Yeah, and like then you can just feed off that, right? I mean, North. Could Car you go Michigan? You think like North Carolina, Wisconsin? And, 
Yeah, Michigan has a team. Detroit. Yeah, yeah, but you could add another one. Virginia? Could you go West Virginia? What country road? Take me home, West Virginia. Uh, that no. was that was a great song. Could you you couldn't throw? Uh, what, what else? Am I Are you at? just looking at a map of the yeah, world? Yeah, I'm looking right at a map of the United States as we speak. Georgia, they already have the Atlanta Hawks. Could they add a team from Mexico? I I don't think that's gonna happen. We I've talked about it in my sport management classes about like adding a team in Mexico, and you know how hard that would be. Well, they added a team, and most leagues have a team from Canada. Why not Mexico? I mean. Because if you added a team in Mexico, you'd probably have to put it in a in a place like can you'd have to put it in like a resort area. You could not add it in just the middle of downtown in Mexico City or Chihuahua. Well, or where do like where that. do the like the MLB series this last year? Where do they play? They played in Mexico City. They played right? they played in Monterey. Monterey. So could they play? Could they put a a basketball franchise in Monterey? Honestly, well, I've never been to Mexico, I, so I don't know I, what it's I, like. I've never been to Mexico either, but I can't. I just feel like the there's too much cr- like I hate to say it but there's it's not safe to play in Mexico. Is it safe to play in Brooklyn or I think it's it totally safe, different because you're you're in the play, United States. Is it safe to play where at uh, Chavez Ravine in LA? <laughs> <laughs> is it safe to play at Oakland Dot Coliseum right there? It, it's it's different because it's you don't need a passport to get there, you know? In Mexico you need a passport. You know how many wh- Okay, so I'll I'll put this as an example. Like who who is the player from Turkey? What's I'm, I'm drawing a blank Anis now. Anis Kanter, right? Where he went to, or they had a game in Europe, right? Right. And he couldn't go because he was afraid that he would be caught or something. What what kind of me- if if we had a a team in Mexico and by chance one of the players is drafted by them or gets traded to this Mexico team, Mexico City team, and he's not well liked in Mexico. Now he has to play 41 games a year in Mexico. Yeah, that's that's a very that's a very good point. Are you okay over there? Yeah, my seat is like falling down, man. <laughs> I was kind of wondering. Did you like, see? Did you're, you getting, see like- <laughs> you're getting shorter over there. <laughs> yeah, that was a little weird, man. Um, but can you imagine like the type of political problems it could have? And I, I just don't see a team in Mexico City, not in not in the immediate future. I, I mean, I get Adam Silver probably wants to expand the game of basketball to a, to a more global and maybe, scale, but maybe, I don't think Mexico is the right place right now. They may, not right now. Well, they haven't played any games out there, have they? So, I don't think so. So maybe that's something like the MLB could possibly do that very soon because they've created something there. If anything, like imagine if the NBA expanded to China. Like that's never going to happen. Yeah. You're going to be like the Chinese. But I mean, how, how long of a flight is it from you know New York to Mexico City? Right, you know the that's like, it's got to be at least seven or eight hours. Well, just think about Major League Baseball, like with the the Atlanta Braves the other day that were complaining. They flew um, from New York all the way to Colorado for one game, and then had to fly to Toronto yeah. for two. And but that that was not because of the schedule makers. That was because of they had to make up a game, and that was the only possible day that they could do it. I guess right because then otherwise they have New York, and then they have a travel day, which yeah. is an off day, and then they go straight to Toronto, which isn't as long as a flight as Denver to Toronto essentially. So yeah, New York to Denver. Denver to Toronto. That that's rough. That's a rough. Yeah, because it's about a five-hour flight. Uh, four oh, no. hours. That's that's got to be at least from New York to Denver. Is what oh, I mean. from New York to Denver. I mean, that's like a four and a half. Because we've done that flight. one before. Yeah, many many times. I just did it this summer. It wasn't too bad. It just went by pretty quick. It's like five hours. I bet it's not that bad, and especially if you have no layovers and you're just boom there. And I mean, I guess travel is a little bit easier when you're a major league. Or when you're a professional athlete, you got first-class seats. I mean, yeah, and it wasn't even hard for us. Yeah, so. exactly. I guess that's how it is. It is hard for anybody traveling, whether they are in Major League Baseball or not, if they play for the Rockies, um, because 
They have one more month in the season. They are 21 games under 500, equal to their losing total of their entire 2018. Well, let me get this right. 21 under 500 right now. They were 21 above 500 last year during their stretch. Uh, so uh, wake me up when September ends if you're a Rockets fan. That's all I got to say. Uh, let's let's listen to this, this instrumental here and just get sad about the Rockies, can we? Just for 10 seconds. You finally want to get sad about the Rockies? You don't want to talk anymore? Just give me 10 seconds. It's been nine. Just give me 10 more seconds. <laughs> you sound like my alarm in the morning. Google, Google, give me t- 10 more minutes, 10 more minutes. Snooze. Uh, Rockies, man. Why? Uh, they, they suck. They suck. We're just going off the template. Why? The, they suck. <laughs> they suck, man. The pitching sucks. The bullpen sucks. No, not necessarily. They have a really good reliever now that they just uh, moved to the bullpen. Seven straight losses for the Rockies. They've lost nine of ten. Oh. Um, they have not won in Los Angeles since last year. And who who did they play against last year? The last win in Los Angeles came against came against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Are they still called that? Uh, yeah. That was in August 2018 on the 28th. So that's a year. The last time the it's Rockies, been over a year. The last time the Rockies won in California, Southern California, with the Lakers, the Lakers, the Dodgers was June 30th of 2018. That's over a year as well. So, oh. um, they've won in San Francisco, they've won in San Diego, but whatever's going on in Southern California, San Diego's lower than LA. Yeah. Did, so but, we, we've won in San Diego this year. Oh yeah, San Diego's not as good as the Dodgers though. I mean, that's yeah. the truth. But I mean, and I got questions about the Rockies like what do the Rockies need to do who, who should the Rockies let go of this offseason like it's more complicated than just saying Everybody. hey let's cut Ian Desmond let's cut Wade Davis let's cut whether they do that what are they going to do call up Yancy Almonte to be in the Ex- setup role exactly who do you, you we've they got have to pay these guys it's yeah. not like they can just get them off the books and if they're trying to trade a Jake McGee or something they're going to have to attach a prospect or something like that that's just really how the the brunt of it is they're gonna have to wait this out and while it was a very off year for them it may end up being another rough year next year just because they don't have the the prospects to build i mean riley pint ryan rollison they're all one two years away from being consistent starters and we thought peter lambert wasn't gonna see the uh, wasn't gonna see the major league level until i mean you know august and, if, and, and he, he started well and now he's really really struggling so and, well he wasn't I, I hate to make the comparison of the Rockies and the Dodgers because I feel like I, I constantly do this, but the reality of it is is that the Dodgers don't have as as good of a, a minor league farm system as the Rockies do. It, we're literally like the same, but the difference between the Rockies and the Dodgers is that the Dodgers, the Dodgers don't need to rush any of their prospects because what and that's, they they are so good at the major league level. There's no need to rush their number one prospects. That's why he barely made his major league debut. This weekend. Gavin Lux. Gavin Lux. Um, And you make a good point. And I think the last two years, we've seen, while there hasn't been a necessarily a big call-up for the Rockies, I mean, David Dahl, Trevor Story, right? Those guys weren't rushed, essentially. They had their time to build. And when they were ready to go, they were here. I mean, that's a little ways out. But still, um, still the last couple years... Um, even their pitching, like Kyle Freeland, Herman Marquez, Antonio Santatella, those guys had time to build, and then they could come up. Peter Lambert wasn't ready. I mean, Yancy Almonte, will he ever be ready? Bre- Brendan Rodgers, was he was he necessarily ready in May? I mean, in Philadelphia, no. With, with last year, Rymel Tapia wasn't very good, right? 
and they gave him some time in AAA at the end of the year, and they gave him uh, a spring training to just be a AAA, and he came yep. up, and he was a solid player for most of the year. Um, Which I that's mean, another guy. Is, is he a guy that even makes the roster next year? I Like, there's, there's so many, like... We have so many options. Sam Hilliard, was he rushed to, to the major league? I mean, we he's have, looked good in his two. Yeah, exactly. Because he's had week. the time to develop. Because he was sitting behind Charlie Blackman for the last four years. Now, I can't. I guess I can't necessarily say four years, but... But, no, I, I get what you mean. I think that he's he's going to be... I mean, they need four at least four outfielders, right? You need one that can fill in. Um, and I think Charlie Blackman is going to be someone that you're going to have to fit in. I don't think we'll see David Dahl again this year, but he will be back as a starter next year. There's but, no doubt about that. We have so many options in the outfield right now. I'm telling you, somebody is the odd man out, and it's either going to be Ian Desmond or Charlie Blackman. Well, well who are your other? David Dahl. So either way, you have David Dahl, Charlie Blackman, um, Garrett Hampson, Sam Hilliard, because he's you. You can't send Sam Hilliard back down to AAA next year. Yeah, he's played all three positions since he since the call up. He's looked pretty good in all of them. You know, he showed some pretty good pop. He is so fast. He's better than Tapia right now. Well, and remember when, uh, during spring training, I mean, he looked damn good at spring training. Yeah, Ryan and, McMahon they, and, they, and all of those guys, they look good, and then they just weren't. They look good in, in Mexico too, in Monterey, in that in the Mexico series against the Diamondbacks. Yeah. And you know, so you have Charlie Blackman, you have Ian Desmond, Garrett Hampson, who's, who should be an outfielder. If Ryan McMahon is is going to take over at second base. So you have Ryan McMahon has been a very Desmond Blackman, spot for this team Hampson, um, Dahl. In the absence of Lemayhew, Ryan McMahon has been pretty dang good this year. Oh yeah, he's not been what Lemayhew has been. Obviously, he's an MVP candidate in the AL, but I mean, that's still pretty dang good. Exactly. But I I just I don't see. You're, we're going to either lose Charlie Blackman or Ian Desmond this year. The Rockies are going to make make sure one of those is not on the roster next year. Yeah, I, I could definitely see it. That's something that could possibly happen if they need to move for another pitcher. I mean, if you look at their rotation right now. If if Breidich is the manager next year, if, if Breidich is still the manager at GM next year and he finds a way to keep his job, then I think Charlie Blackman makes the roster. Oh, yeah. But if, if Breidich loses his job this, this offseason – which he's, his seat has to be a little hot after this year, after the worst year and the highest paid payroll. You know, his seat has to be a little hot. So if they fire him and somebody else comes in to take over, I bet nine times out of ten, I think Charlie Blackman is gone. Because this new general manager will not have the emotional strings tied to Charlie Blackman. He's not, yeah, he'll listen to the fans and, and probably take that into something somewhat of consideration. But at the end of the day, He's going to have to rebuild this Rockies roster basically from scratch almost. Well, and I thought it was interesting to see um, the, the article that Nick Groke posted for The Athletic the other day about the Rockies and being rebuilding from Nolan Arenado specifically. And yep. to look five months earlier at when the season started that he wanted them to go see Arenado, wanted them to go and spend money now. Yep. And they went and spent money on Marquez. And yep. they were like, this is the next step to being successful. And then now, five months later, we're talking about a rebuilding. So, one, I think that's just how Major League Baseball is right now. Is qu- you can make very quick rebuilds. But I, I just don't see them doing a full rebuild, at least not next year. I see the little it tools was- and pieces. Like, you're going to have to figure out your bullpen. Jake McGee cannot be in this bullpen next year. Exactly. Uh, it, a lot of it, it comes down to pitching for this Rockies roster. It all comes down to pitching. 
Well, it's been you middle know, to bottom we, this year. We didn't we did not expect Kyle Freeland to have the type of year he has. We did not expect Marquez to have the type of year he has. Um, John Gray has been consistent, you but know, he's hurt. but he's hurt exactly. So he he's not even going to make it through the full season. So that's your top three starters already. And Tyler the, Anderson yeah. struggled this year, well, so he got hurt. sent down, you know. And now we're, we're relying on Peter Lambert, who went two and zero in his first two starts against the Cubs, um, and and ha- hasn't won a game since, you know. So Peter Lambert got rushed. Well, if Chichi Gonzalez is your third best starter in the in the rotation, you have something going on. So yeah, and it's not like they were expecting injuries. It's not like they were planning for injuries. So yeah, exactly. Um, but I do think Ian Desmond should move to the bullpen. I think that's a <laughs> that's a very good take. He did pitch last night in a sixteen to nine loss to the Dodgers. I think it was sixteen to nine. Ian Desmond pumped ninety three miles per hour last night. Ninety three on the gun. He will finish the year. Now listen to this. He will finish the year with the ninth best F war among relievers for the Rockies this year. That's assuming he doesn't pitch again this year, though, right? I mean, who knows? Maybe Bud Black should throw him in there. Um, he's the 45th out of 49 Rockies batters this year with plate appearances in F4. So wow, that so shows he's, you. He's a better pitcher than he is a hitter. Yeah, and and the, <laughs> there have been a lot more than four pitchers that have hit for the Rockies this year. So therefore, there are better pitchers hitting for the Rockies than D- Ian Desmond is hitting. Um, that that it, kid Peter Lambert can rake, man. Yeah. Well, maybe he just just be a DH when they they put the DH in both leagues. I think uh, the DH is coming back to the is co- coming to the National League next year. I mean, here it's coming. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. This we should probably save for a breakthrough, not this episode, but next episode for the DH to talk about. Okay. The idea that I've come up with, I think it's cool to have a little bit of not DH in the AL and a little bit of DH in the AL. But I think the argument is to be made. If an AL team is going to play an NL team, there should be a DH, whether they're at home or on the road. I think that will sure up the fact that AL pitchers can't really hit. Um, I know sometimes, like if Marcus Stroman was playing for the Blue Jays, to get him to see when he hits in Atlanta was really cool. Yeah. But when you see someone like, I don't even know, CC Sabathia. I mean, he was a good hitter when he was younger. But um, now, like, you don't want to see him hit. That's just yeah, the name exactly. of the game. So, um Maybe it goes to something like in high, uh, not necessarily high school, but college. I don't know essentially how the rule works, but maybe coaches have the option to add a DH because that 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 becomes a good option because then Bruce Bochy, if he were to stay for a couple more years and doesn't retire, I would hit Madison Bumgarner over any of their hitters in that lineup, right? So you have. So you they have don't the have to option? use a DH. But when uh, the next guy, when Jess Samarja, who is a good hitter, say he wasn't a good hitter, then you would DH for him, essentially. So you have the choice of when to DH. Huh. And I think that gives more options to both teams. And I love when you yawn in the mic and make but, our viewers fall asleep. But then wouldn't that – because the other team doesn't have to have the DH. So then I, th- I think that creates an unfair – it's their choice. They can have one if they want one. And if they don't want to take one, they, they take that risk. But that's something you shouldn't so have like to say. So like high school baseball. Yeah, exactly. So you, But the only the only difference is you just I hit just, your head. Yeah, I hit my head on the mic. You're falling asleep <laughs> over there. No, 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 no. I like the headphone part. I get you. Yeah. But, and, and they don't have the option to just DH for any player in their lineup like you can do in high school. Say that second baseman is not a very good hitter, and you're going to put this guy that can't play the field, the hit for the second baseman. You can't necessarily do that. But I think the pitcher spot, for one, is something that you could you could hit for. I mean, that, that's a good argument compared to just taking it and not taking it, right? I mean, I, don't, I would much rather see a DH where you could DH for any position. Because you can do that in the American League. You can DH for... Any position, it, it's just it just happens that ten times out of ten times you see the 
American League pitcher being hit, hit for. Yeah, you know, it's just how it goes. And because I remember, I, I believe it was the Tampa Bay Rays that did it. I mean, it was under Joe Madden, uh, and you know, Joe Madden was always trying to experiment with whatever. Still is. Yeah, and he still is where he hits his pitcher in the eighth spot. But um, you said it was a good idea. I don't, I don't know why you're hating on that. I, I like it. I love seeing pitchers hit in the eighth spot. He flips the lineup over. Exactly. But um, Joe Madden, I believe he he um, he had a a hitter for what was it his was it his left fielder who couldn't hit or center fielder who couldn't hit for to save his life. I couldn't. I can't remember who the player was. He this dude could not hit water if he was standing in a boat. But he got he hit. He just for wanted for to one use game. that reference. That's all he wanted to. Yeah. Just to, he could he couldn't hit the red side of a barn. Just to follow up a little bit more on the Rockies, because I went hard and sh- looked up the stats. Uh, the Dodgers hit seven home runs last night. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the Rockies hit three. Um, therefore, ten total home runs was the most in Rockies history. And it didn't happen at Coors Field. And it didn't happen at Coors Field. The balls are clearly juiced. Um, and Bed Black continues to get questions about this after every, and he continues to say, "Let's wait till after the World Series to discuss this." I mean, the results came in for AAA um, for their regular I, I season. I saw that. I saw that. Two thousand more home runs this year than last year, just by going to the Major League Baseball. So um, changes are probably going to be needed to make. I mean, consistently you're hearing career high numbers for these players, um, and it's not like I mean. This three-headed race of Pete Alonso, Christian Yelich, and Cody Bellinger has been awesome to watch. And Mike Trout. Yeah, Mike Trout is in there, too. I mean, that's what you forget. It's a four-headed race. We haven't had something like this in years. Exactly. So it's it's interesting to watch and to see, like, Justin Verlander go out there and throw a no-hitter like he did the last night. Like he, it, it's Baseball is fun to watch right now. Um, I just think, and we've talked about this in shows past, there needs to be some transparency from the MLB here because there's obviously something going on, and I think that's oh, the yeah. part that people are upset about. They could care less if people are hitting home runs. They just want to know why. Um, and pitchers will figure out how a new baseball will change and how they need to change their arm angle, essentially, or whatever it may be. But right now, it's just incredibly lopsided, and it, it, it's not necessarily tough to watch, but it's just tough to think about, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think Rob Manfred definitely Rob Manfred definitely has some answers that he needs to share this offseason because I think 2000 home runs a 2000 home run difference in in a in one year is too big to just not well, is too big to be ignored. And, and if know? it was like 500 250 like then you think oh the hitters are just getting better. They had a yeah. really good year. And I've said climate the, change maybe the air's getting thinner. <laughs> I I've said it on on podcasts or on 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 this podcast before that Triple A numbers are so hard to look at because, you know, be, because pitchers are out there throwing changeups for a whole batter, changeups for a whole inning, you know, and hitters are out there saying, "I'm only going to hit a ball opposite field in this game. I'm only going to hit right. not a ball opposite field this week." You know, they have goals where they say, "Hey, I'm only going to do this or this or this X, Y, or Z for an entire week, for an entire month, for an entire game." That sometimes the stats are a little screwed, you know. Yeah, no. But I think 2,000 home runs is a huge difference. It's a huge difference in a similar sample size. So that's exactly. the other thing you have to keep in mind is exactly. if they don't say anything and then they go and hit a similar amount of home runs next year, then you clearly have a change in something. So um, the, control, the control group is AAA, and they're trying it out. Who knows? Maybe the MLB will make sweeping headlines and put the major league ball on all levels, and now college baseball will adapt it and – we're gonna see. Use baseball. I'll have ten year olds hitting balls three hundred feet. Yeah, in mile high air. In Duke, love it, man. Duke Whitefield. I actually had a kid uh, hit a ball about two hundred 
230 feet, 240 feet this year. Gone, Damn. dude. Kid was 10. He's a big kid. He was a big kid, but I mean, he he hit this ball and it was it was a grand slam actually and, and he he launched this ball into orbit, man. I've never seen a 10-year-old hit a ball that far, hit hit it that hard. You like know? you just hear it off the bat. There's nothing that sounds better than than a ball hitting a bat just flush, you know. You know who else is a big kid? Who? Philip Lindsay is a pretty big kid. We're going to move over on to Broncos football. It is game week. There is no longer any preseason we talked about. Um, Broncos suck? Is that true? Do you believe the Broncos suck? Do you believe the Broncos are good? No, but do they suck? No. Eh, I think they're all right. We're, we're stuck in like a whole I think they pattern. were all right last year. Five and six and ten, right? Oh, no. That's all right. That's not good, but it's not all right. Eight and eight gets into the playoffs. Eight and eight does not get you in the playoffs. This is, this last is, year, would have. This is the National Football League. you got to win ten games to make the playoffs. Last year, we could have got them in the playoffs. Nine and six. Nine and, and one. Nine, six, and one. That's how the Ravens got in, no? you gotta, you got to win ten games. Oh, I think so too, but you gotta win ten games. To that means you're good. Yeah, if you win ten games, you're you're good. What are your expectations for Raider Hate Week this week? I I just don't feel the hype around this team right now. Neither it do just, I. It seems like there was so much thought going into the fifty third player on the roster. Yeah. Um, they're not ready. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Vic Fangio comes out and shuts down the Raiders, especially with all the stuff that's gone around with Hard Knocks and Antonio Brown in that locker room. Exactly. John Gruden, but... I mean, you expect Chris Harris Jr. to shut down Antonio Brown. Uh, That's that's tough to say. I expect them to put a pretty good... Fight? Yeah, but Antonio Brown's the best receiver in football. On a new team. I mean, let me take that back. Julio Jones is pretty damn good. I, I think... All around, Julio Jones Dante is probably Adams better. Is pretty good too, and Green Bay. With, he's got Aaron Rodgers thrown to him. He just really hasn't been in that guy I, I actually, for long enough. I actually traded Julio Jones on my fantasy team, away from off of my fantasy team. Do you yeah. ever think that a wide receiver will win the most valuable player in the NFL? Do you ever think not it's going to be someone other age. than a quarterback that wins it? Yeah, not in this day and age. This day and age, the quarterback is so protected. I just don't see another position winning it because it's just so. Quarterbacks are able to put up crazy numbers in this day and age of football, in this era of football where they're protected bar none, you know? They're they're protected no matter what, and they're going to put up their numbers because you're going to have five, six seconds to sit in the pocket, and if you if you get hit, basically there's a flag thrown almost automatically. I, so. th- I think something interesting is, for you, you've done a lot of changes to your fantasy team so far this year. Oh, yeah. I haven't touched either of them yet. I think the team that I drafted is going to win them. Without any changes, really? I just don't feel like I need to make any changes. I, I said the same thing, and then I had a couple couple trade offers come in. And you had someone retire on you. And I think that kind of. I mean, he wasn't you. he wasn't necessarily my starting quarterback, anyways, to begin but with. But you still had to make a move. You're not going to keep Andrew Luck on your team if he's not going to play. Yeah, exactly. Which I think I, I ended up picking up Kyler Murray just for my. I mean, that's a. It's, uh, the way I saw it was, if Kyler Murray has a great year or has a great couple weeks, he's going to be a hot commodity. So I figured, hey, if I can pick him up on my bench for the first two, three weeks of the year. Trade piece. Exactly. I could I could eventually flip him for something. I if mean, not, then I just let him go. And the other whoever whoever else I would have had was just going to sit on my bench anyways. I have Jimmy Garoppolo on my bench for both both teams that I have. So um, that's a pretty Dude. good. You Pretty should be comfortable backup. about that. Yeah, I'm comfortable with Jimmy, Jimmy G on my bench. I probably won't see him unless the bye week. But but I traded Julio Jones for Melvin Gordon and uh, Melvin Gordon's not even going to play. And now. Tyler Boyd. I think Melvin Gordon's going to play. I think Ezekiel Elliott's going to play this weekend. I think he's going to sign tonight. Or maybe tomorrow. maybe Melvin Gordon doesn't play this week one, but he's he's playing at some point. 
He's playing oh, by week yeah. two. He's this holdout's gonna end. Yeah, you know, he's out. gonna report to camp. So hold I'm not. I'm not concerned. Always end, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not too concerned because I think eventually, don't you get fined for every game that you don't come up or don't show up to? I'm sure there's a rule like because I believe it. It costed Le'Veon Bell money last year to not play. Oh, like it mattered to him. I mean, he's not making money essentially. Yeah, exactly. He's not gonna get paid that money if he's not playing. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm interested to see like Deshaun Watson. Is he gonna have that next take the next step and be an MVP candidate? Exactly. Mm. I hope so because he's on my I've, team. I've never been big on quarterbacks that get out of the pocket and move like that. You know, in the NFL. In the NFL. In college, it's a totally different story. But Cam Newton destroyed the NFL for a couple of years, and 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 then he fell back to reality where he's he's well, hurt. He's, he's been hurt, but Cam because Newton he, and Deshaun he, Watson are not the same quarterback. Essentially, they kind of are the same quarterback. Deshaun Watson is a much smarter quarterback. He's not as big, so he has to know. That sometimes he has to get down and slide. Cam Newton is a tight end in a quarterback's body, right? So he's gonna try to run you over. Where Deshaun Watson is much smarter really you think so do you do you not believe that cam newton is much bigger than deshaun watson i'm looking it up cam newton is like 6'5 250 you, you almost hit it right on the nose 6'5 245 see like <laughs> he's a big dude and deshaun watson i think is 6'1 6'3 uh 185 oh i mean you he's 6'2 215 Okay, so I was in the ballpark, but... So he's, what, three inches shorter and 30 pounds lighter. Which is a big difference in the NFL, especially for a quarterback. Who do you think is faster? I, oh, definitely Deshaun Watson. Right. At the, especially at this point. You know, Cam Newton's 30. What, Deshaun Watson's 23? But, and, 22? And you, know, you know, the the wide receiver that we didn't mention in the top... DeAndre Hopkins is on that team, right? He's throwing to DeAndre Hopkins, who is a top five fantasy pick, let alone wide receiver. Yeah, he he did, he went the whole year last year without dropping a single pass, which is insane to think of. So in Bill O'Brien's offense, like Deshaun Watson could have a breakout year. He's an MVP candidate for sure if he stays mm-hmm. healthy. I don't know. Do, who's the, the the one thing you could say is they don't really have a running back. I think Lamar Miller, right? Something like that. Are you done yawning, dude? Do you sleep before the podcast? I just googled Houston Rockets. <laughs> <laughs> Are you good? Yeah. Yeah, check out. Hey, real quick, let me ask I think you. you party too let, much let me night. let me ask you this: What kind of team names themselves the Houston Texans? Your your <laughs> name your name is after the state that you play in. Who names their team unsolicited is... Dak picks? <laughs> <laughs> that is my my fantasy football team name. <laughs> Unsolicited Dak picks because Dak Prescott is my starting quarterback right now. Yeah, man. But that's but not you named anyways, your team before that before you drafted <laughs> Dak Prescott. But the Houston, how big of a Can state? You, how big? Let me ask you, how big of a state do you have to be to name? <laughs> hey, let's name my team the Denver Coloradans. <laughs> <laughs> like, how stupid does that sound? The Los Angeles Californians. <laughs> the Seattle Washington. The New York New York. <laughs> The New York Yorkers. <laughs> the Florida Marlins. <laughs> oh, Do you mean the Miami Floridans? <laughs> <laughs> the the Atlanta Georgians. <laughs> the Houston Texans. It just sounds so dumb. I can't believe I'm talking about this on the podcast right now. How dumb does it sound? The Houston Texans. The Denver Coloradans. The Seattle Washingtons, the Los Angeles Californians. It just sounds so stupid. I just feel like I barely noticed that. And I just want to bring that to light because it just sounds so stupid. And I just hope everybody in Houston knows that they have the worst team name in all of football. I, I had a question for you, but I totally spaced <laughs> out what it was. 
laughing oh, so hard. Man. 45 minutes in, and that's what we do. We'll move, we'll move on to USA basketball. We just wanted to have some fun with the Houston Texans. We, um, I, I the USA it. USAs. <laughs> the, the USA Americans. <laughs> Aren't they what the, isn't that what they're called, the Americans? No, they're called Uni- the United States Basketball Men's Na- or U- United States Men's Basketball Team. That's what they are. In USA. They're just USA flat uh, out. But it's not like Russia has a team name. Like Serbia is the Serbian. I mean, they're not like the Serbian, Serbian Norsemen. Team. Serbian Norsemen. national team. Yeah, it's the national team is what they are. You just can't like USA it. Basketball Men's National Team, right? Yeah, I was just trying to make a joke there. Like obviously they don't have a name. Um, but I, I they're playing like a joke right now. They barely snuck out of round one. Um, they won in overtime today. Was it China they were playing today? They're in China. I know uh, that. They just beat. Uh, it was Turkey. Turkey. Who? Who do they have? Who does Turkey have? Who plays for Turkey? Honestly, I'm. I'm not sure who Turkey has. Well, that's a good point. I know who Syria has because they're probably going to win the tournament. Jokic for MVP with Bojan and. Did you see those passes that he made in game one? Jokic? Okay, I don't know any of these guys. Holy cow. Well, at least name some. We want to hear it. The viewers want to hear your uh, pronunciation. Egg Arad. Oh, you Simi, don't know that guy? Simi Erden? Yeah. Sertik Sanley? No, you, you don't know these guys. <laughs> Shut up. They play for the Gox- Houston Texans. Goxon and, Co- <laughs> and Coxell? No. <laughs> You're butchering these names right now. I hope there's nobody that's going to take offense to that. He's really trying his hardest. Um, the headline from that game, though, this Look, morning. I'm looking at the official roster here. The headline from that game today was Jason Tatum did roll his ankle. Um, whether he plays or not, they're going to be in some trouble. As a Sussex fan, um, I'm sure that they are very excited with how he performed. But Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Miles Plumley. Ursin Ilyasova? Yeah, that one sounds familiar. Yeah, he he plays in the NBA. Or at least he used to. I don't know if he still does. He's a sharp Scotty, shooter. Scotty Wilbeckin, Amit Tensor, Sertak Sanil, C.D. Osman. That one sounds familiar. C.D. Osman plays for the Cavs. I know that for sure. Uh, Mali Montmutogalu? Firkin... Firkin... Korkmaz? Oh, Korkmaz plays in the NBA team. Korkmaz? Ursin Ilyasova, I said that one. Sami Erden, James Burson, Dogus Bob... Well, there's a lot of international basketball in Turkey. Just because these guys don't play in the NBA doesn't mean they're not good. Yeah, they all play for the Turkey, whatever league they have in Turkey. I hope so. It's just random guys they picked up off the street. I think that's what Serbia did. That Jokic guy, I'd never heard of him. I, I could, and, and to think the United States basketball team almost lost to these guys. In overtime, they snuck out of they, it. They only beat them because Turkey missed four free throws to ice them. That's tough. They missed four free throws in, in the last, what was it? Three minutes or something, or two minutes, and they couldn't and, and they couldn't shut out uh, USA from winning. Oh man! Do, do you have anything else on USA basketball before we move on to some more interesting stuff? Team USA is not going to win this FIBA World Cup. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't win, and that's unfortunate. But all of a sudden, I find myself rooting for Serbia and Nikola Jokic. I'm definitely rooting for Serbia. I'm rec- let me get this. I'm rooting for Nikola Jokic. I'm rooting for my country, but I'm rooting for Nikola Jokic to have a great, great World Cup. That would be sweet. Is Jamal Murray's not playing for Team Canada? He, he, is he? did back out because of his ankle. That's what I thought. Um, and just about every other superstar. Play. Paul Millsap backed out. Uh, Mason Plumlee's playing, still but playing, he, right? But he's, for Team USA, but but he's not going to play. And he's not getting a lot of minutes. Jeremy Grant's going to get most of those minutes that Mason Plumlee used to get. So, huh. hopefully, hopefully Jeremy Grant's a 
a good addition. And Jared we said, Vanderbilt might get some more time this year. We said Jason Tatum was helped off the court today, so that might actually open up some minutes for somebody. I mean, they didn't really have anybody there playing a lot of minutes anyway. It seemed like the only yeah. highlights you ever saw was those three, the big-handed monster. Spider Mitchell and Jason Tatum and yeah, Jalen Brown. That's really who you saw. I mean, Miles Turner's on this team, but I haven't heard anything about him. Yeah, neither have I. Uh. Joe Harris is a shooter. Maybe he's going to get hot real soon. Shoot or shoot, man. Shoot or shoot. Shoot or shoot. Kind of like this weekend, Rocky Mountain Showdown, the final one in Denver, Colorado. Uh, at Mile High Stadium, CU CSU final score was 52 to 31. Let me guess who won. It's CU. The fifth straight victory for CU in the Rocky Mountain Showdown. Mike Bobo, the head coach of CSU football, is now 0 and 5. He's the first Rams coach ever to lose the first five meetings of the Rocky Mountain Showdown. Colorado improves to 67 and 22 as two ties against. CSU and their history. I was talking to James Berkey. James Berkey is the editor-in-chief of the Metropolitan newspaper here at MSU Denver. Um, He was telling me that uh, according to whatever stats he he looked up, uh, CU and CSU is ranked number 46 out of 50. Or or I I guess not 46 out of 50. Ranked fourth from the bottom in most competitive games. Rivalry rivalry games. games with in-state from between a, a state school and a not like a university right like Colorado University and Colorado State yeah, rightfully so and that's like respect to Colorado State for still continuing to bring the same energy every year like they've lost six, 20, 67 times but they still continuously come with quality players I mean the wide receiver Dante Wright for the Rams put up a quite a performance uh, on his Friday. first catch was 39 yards in the first quarter and then he, later on in the game he went down for 41 yards to score I mean you could even say that he outperformed LaVisca Chenault for the 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 buffs and that that's an interesting to say especially in football with a receiver because the Rams had a pretty clear game plan as they were going to cover with one one corner obviously at all times and have a a, a safety and help or a linebacker whatever it might be exactly so um and and when Mel Tucker really didn't want to pull that card for LaVisca and really go all all in, on Chenault in that uh, first game. And it was very clear that they were like kind of working his way in. Exactly. Um, well, I, I think Mel Tucker did a good job of not showing his cards to Nebraska the week before in a, in a meaningless game. And I think, to be completely honest, he probably showed more than he wanted to against the oh, yeah. Mountain West team that wasn't really a competitor and this was more competitive than last year by any means yeah and that's probably because steven montez didn't play as well um well, but steven montez still threw for 232 yards and two touchdowns right and their tailback alex fontenot alex fontenot three yeah. three second half three second half touchdowns well and uh it's not noted here but the tight end that they got from smu um who had the first catch of the year for the the buffs in that back corner. He had a pretty big game too, um, as well as the defensive back Onu. I think is his last name. Um, Mikhail Onu. Yeah. He he got two interceptions. Yeah, and he looked damn good in those interceptions. That was two pretty pretty interceptions. And one so. of those was that really controversial one, I think, where they Mike Bobo was really upset about it. I mean, it was clearly a catch. Yeah, but Mike Bobo was upset about that. He was also pretty upset about the fumble that they called. I guess. He, he was claiming that the ref said to stop the play, and then all of a sudden his guys stopped and CU continued to play, and that's when they knocked the ball out. Yeah. I mean, it was he pretty was very borderline. Upset. He, he, he knew just, he was on the hot seat. Yeah. He still is. 
his his seat is a little warm. Well, and he's got Arkansas not this week but next week. So there's they and, gotta and win it, this week against then, an FCS team. Yeah, and then they go against Toledo. I mean, if, if they don't win two out of two, two out of four. If they, yeah, if they don't win these next two games, I mean, there's a chance they go what one in eight or. Two and seven? And, and as sloppy as CU necessarily looked on offense, not really getting into their flow at any, most times, they created four turnovers on defense, they did not have a turnover themselves, and they did not allow a single sack. So that's pretty damn good for a football team, especially a college football team, against a CSU team that was hungry for... I know it's a rivalry game. And that's something that I always say when it comes to rivalry games. I mean, even if they are ranked 46 out of 50 in like competitiveness... No matter how good CSU is or CU is, and how bad CSU is, vice versa, these two teams these two get teams up. are gonna play. Like, They're gonna get up, and it was the same way even in high school. If you remember it, right, three quarters of the time that we were in high school, Brighton was more competitive. They were more um, skilled. They had better athletes than Prairie View did. But it didn't matter when they played; they were gonna compete. And exactly, that, and that's just part of a rivalry game. And I think that's something super cool. So cream rises to the top, man. I'm interested hey. to see what it's going to be like next year. Well, real quick, there was a lot of stars in attendance of this game. You know, Von Miller was there, Bol Bol, Philip Lindsay. Did you see Champ Bailey was on, on Champ Bailey was, side? Champ, Champ Bailey was on the other side. We didn't necessarily see him, but... Um, um, his his son, Keevan Bailey, is a cornerback for the Rams. Oh, no way. Yep. Good so that's him. why he was there on the Colorado State side. Good for him. Hey, and also, did you hear that ESPN... Um, Almost didn't. Or they cut all of the, uh, they, or they at least they tried to cut all of the pregame um, activities before the game started. Well, and I don't. They, think they weren't gonna let Ralphie run. Did you hear about that? I didn't hear that, but I did see it was kind of like a weird entrance. I mean, you, that's the best entrance in college sports. Yeah. So okay, so I'll give you the background to it. All the games in in Florida were basically on weather delay because of the hurricane. Right. Uh, Karen, is it Karen? It's Dorian, Dorian or something like that. Uh, I thought it was like Karen or Katrina. Katrina, no. no. No, it wasn't Katrina, but I, I want to say it was her, something Karen um, is is heading towards them. It's Hurricane Dorian. Dorian? It's currently threatening the U.S. Huh. But all the games uh, on, on that day for Florida were basically under weather delay. So this was the only game that was going to be on ESPN for the, for our um, our time zone, essentially. Right. And because it had already been in weather delay and lightning delay for almost an hour, um, ESPN was running out of time. They needed to start the game. And uh, they basically told both schools, hey, you're not going to have the ability to do any of your pregame stuff. We're just going to get in right to the coin toss, and we're going to start right away. Um, you can't do that. Yeah, and so... Maybe if it was CU versus Oklahoma State or something. Yeah, so then CU's athletic director... Um, Rick George. Rick George was... Did you see him on the sideline? He His face was bloodshot red. Like, he was... His face was red because he was angry. You know, he probably already had a couple drinks in him to ease the tension a little bit. And he was talking to the, to the guys in ESPN jackets or whatever, yeah. and uh, was telling them, "Nope, we're running, we're running the, we're running a uh, Ralphie. Ralphie's gonna run. I don't care what you guys say. Ralphie's running. We never, we don't play a game when Ralphie doesn't run." That would you be know? really interesting. What would happen? Would they have just there, ran Ralphie, or would they have not have played? Like, well, one, I think there would have been a lawsuit or something because that's that is a, that is tradition. Like Ralphie is is paid for to run on the field and, and to do the, the pregame sprint, you know? That's that's what they do. That's yeah. R- that's Ralphie, you know? And then uh, also I think the, the boosters also pay for that too. So I think 
that's like pretty important to them, I, I guess. Oh, I'm sure it is. And those guys that and <laughs> ladies that run the the Buffalo Ralph Cowboys and Cowgirls. Yeah, they they are important too. That's like their, that's their game. Thing, that, you know? That's important for them. They get to stand on the sideline the whole game and. And that's was, why the student section was chanting, we want Ralphie, we want Ralphie, because I think they got the hint that ESPN wasn't going to let Ralphie run. So that's when Rick George went into the locker room, pulled Ralphie out, got got Ralphie right on the on the field almost, yeah. and then that's when they walked him onto the field, and they were like, well, he's already on the field, so he's got to run now. I mean, yeah. That's, you know, because they were like, his cage is on the other side of the field, so he's got to get to the other side of the field somehow, and he's going to run. So that's what they did. That's pretty sweet. And... and yeah, that's that's one of the coolest traditions in college football. Is just seeing the Ralphie best run. live animal. I mean, I know LSU has a tiger. What, does cool? he have a tiger run through? I mean, the Rams had a ram, but he looked like a rat. <laughs> like the thing is tiny. Yeah, it was not a very big ram. That, th- that thing looked like a, a little lamb. Looked like a bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> um, who? What school is it that has that big hawk that flies around the stadium before the game? Who is it? I don't. I don't know. I don't know, but it, it's got like a, it's a little handler. It flies all the way around the stadium. Does is a couple it laps. The Iowa Hawkeyes. No, I don't think it's Iowa. I don't know then, man. It's another it's another school, but it's it's like a, I think it's blue. Their colors are blue. Um, I don't know. I'm, now that I'm thinking, no. North Carolina. No, no. Before football games or basketball games, Zion Williamson. No, I don't remember. <laughs> well, moving on, Ralphie will run again on Saturday at home at Folsom Field for the second edition of the new rivalry. Let's go Buffs. Um, it's not necessarily. A new rivalry. This rivalry has been going on for a long time, but Nebraska will be coming to town. They were in Nebraska last year for Scott Frost opener. It was the first official game for Nebraska last year since their first game was canceled um, because of the hurricane that was currently in. Not necessarily. There was no hurricane in Nebraska, but where Nebraska was supposed to play, there was a hurricane. So it canceled their first game. They had no tape. Adrian Martinez, first game, he gets injured, this whole blah, 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 which is kind of creating a new rivalry, like building this rivalry and well from, from their press conference this morning it sounds like nebraska is instigating everything oh 100 you know? percent, and, and that's how it's been the last couple years a- adrian so. martinez played it pretty cool and, and basically said no, no 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 it's not it's not much you know it's football i expect to get hit i expect to get hurt it's football it's a, it's a competitive sport it's a tough sport you know he said everything the media doesn't want him to say instead of oh, i hate see you go go big red that's that's not what he said but that's what the media wants him to say well, yeah, they just want to build it up. I don't know. Uh, this will be the first meeting in Boulder. Since for, 2009. Since 2009. Um, the most expensive ticket right now was $1,115 plus fees, so probably around $1,300. Yeah, it's on club level. That's which crazy. is pretty sweet for Folsom Field. No, um, I think it's going to be right around. I, think I looked at it. It was like $1,400 after fees per ticket. And it's only going to go up as we get closer to game time. Right now, you can't really get a ticket under 250 bucks. If you want to oh. go to the game, unless you're a student and you can get in for free, you aren't sitting anywhere close. But you've got to camp out for those seats, I think. Yeah, pretty much. You got to get mean, there really early. I, you got to get there 6 a.m. to tailgate or whatever it may be. Yeah. But it's sure worth it. I, I don't blame it. Do you think it would be worth it or would you rather just watch it at home on TV? Oh my goodness, I'd rather be there. Really? Oh yeah. In a crowd that's 60% red? If I'm in the student section, it's going to be com- oh, yeah. if you're 100% in the black. It's 100% black, but. Everywhere else in that stadium is going to be a... I don't think so. I think there'll be a lot of red, but I don't think 60%. I don't know. I'm telling I think it's going to be at least 60% red. I'd make a bet. I would make a bet to see how much red is in that stadium. Let's bet lunch. No. Why would I bet that? <laughs> why would you bet against a team that you're a fan of? That's like betting because the Rockies will go under 30 games. 
And I would make that bet. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's really ironic that you said that. I don't, I, because Nebraska fans show out. They would pay whatever oh, yeah. price to see Nebraska in Boulder. I'm telling you, and I, and I talked to uh, one of my friends, Nathaniel, on, on Twitter. He uh, was telling me, or I, I guess I kind of told him, that, uh, hey, man, the, the Cornhuskers have to come to Colorado, have to come to Boulder and play at, at Mile High Air. It's not that they, big of a difference. It's it's more than half, twice as much as, as their sea level. They're at, like, what, tw- 2,000 feet? That's still... 2,200 feet? Yeah. I mean, I and that, that's not a huge difference. I mean, it was clear that the Temple offense has been a key for Steven Montez the last few years, but, I mean, I, I don't see that being a, a big factor, especially if both teams are coming off a big game. I mean, Nebraska didn't play necessarily bad in their first game against Southern Alabama. Um, they scored three times on defense. They returned an interception, um, or t- three times on special teams in defense. They had a fumble recovery, an interception return, and a punt return. Um, and they still were only able to beat Southern Alabama 35-21. to They were outgained by 38 yards and only averaged 4.2 yards per play. So the, the offense of Nebraska, Adrian Martinez, and his return wasn't very smooth, and that's something that's probably going to be a key to watch. They're about a thousand feet above sea level. Okay. They got to come to five thousand feet above sea level. How does that impact teams? I think it impacts teams. We'll get into that. I got a fan question about that later on. I saw that. So Scott Frost had his debut season last year. Uh, struggled out of the gate really, but he finished strong. Four out of his last six, they won. Um, so the expectations continue to rise. But their sophomore quarterback, he's interesting. He's exciting. I just not sold on him. His reads aren't very good. He's only a sophomore. He's still got time to grow. So is Trevor Lawrence. Exactly. But Trevor Lawrence is a Heisman, is a Heisman candidate. So is Tua Tagovailoa. Do you see his brother is playing for the, for Alabama oh, yeah. also? How sweet is that? Would you not recruit Tua Tagovailoa's brother? How do you say his last name again? Tua Vialoa. I I don't know. Jalen Hurts had a pretty damn game, pretty damn good game for uh, those Sooners in Oklahoma. He's a Heisman candidate. I don't know. Clemson, the three-headed monster is back. Uh, I'm excited. This Bo Nix guy for Auburn looked pretty deep. You know, what I'm, see, talking I'm loading about? the video on how to how to say his name. You gonna play it for us? Yeah. How do you to a Tagovailoa? Tagovailoa. Tagov. We're just going two touchdowns, man. Two touchdowns. He doesn't play for CU Nebraska. Say that again. Who's is, that, is that like a... It's a computer. Tua Tagovailoa. Did you like copy and paste it in the Google Translate or is that like an actual... It's like an actual video from YouTube. Oh. Is it a... Is a Clemson fan saying it or is it an Alabama... Fans. You got to think about bias there. Computer generated. News man. bias, man. Computer generated. I don't know, man. Continue. Go ahead. Continue what you're saying. Well, no, I think that really talks about what we got going on. What are your predictions for this game on Saturday? I think CU's going to win again. What's your final score then? Mm. I think it's going to be. I, I honestly think it's going to be a close game. It's probably going to come down to one position at the very end, just like last year. I think it's going to come oh, down to. to that would be exciting. One possession where it's 28-24. The number that keeps coming to my head is 45-21. Woo! 
I think they could put up 45 points. Who? Who's they? I don't know. Um, Who's that? <laughs> 45-21 is my score, and I want to say Boulder rolls. Uh, Ralphie runs 45. I think Chenault will have another mediocre game because Nebraska saw what he did to them last year and will be very courteous of that. Um, and I think by doing that, and it's going to show all season, as teams continue to game plan for LaVisca Chenault, yep. they're going to leave Fontenot they're gonna, with yep. a chance and that big big tight end. And like there's going to be some holes being opened just because – and, and watching and watching Nebraska play, like they had three, they had more than three turnovers that they forced last week. So their defense is going to be good too. It's not like they're a sleeper on defense. Um, and the one thing, the one place that CU struggled against CSU was their front end, right? Their defensive line, um, and that's where Nebraska will need to be successful. So whoever rushes for more yards will win this game. Um, Sco Buffs. And hopefully it'll be the Buffaloes coming out um, victorious. I know I had a – Play the video. Play I, the video. I had to play something. Listen in real play quick. Play the video. This one is for our fans out there. We'd rather be dead than red, okay? In other words, how do you get this team riled up? It, it's This is what it's all about. This is bigger than the NFL. The NFL doesn't get this big. The whole state. Can, can rally around this one, maybe not in Fort Collins. Yeah, not not in Fort Collins. Although CSU should come together or with CU and fight against the almighty evil empire. That was legendary coach Bill McCartney last year before the return of the rivalry. Um, and I'm sure you'll have similar things to say this week. I'd rather they, be dead than red. Yeah, that's probably going to be the saying all over. Let's get some t-shirts to say that, man. I'd rather be dead than red. Are you going to Amazon Prime them? Because I don't think they'll get here in time if you're going to order some t-shirts. All my Nebraska people that listen to this podcast. We love you, but... We love you, but this is the week we're not talking. I'm not talking to you today. I'm not talking to you tomorrow. I'm not talking to you on Thursday. I'm not talking to you on Friday. And I'm damn sure not talking to you on Saturday. But I'll talk to you on maybe Monday. Maybe on Monday. Give me 24 hours after the game to kind of cool off after we win. And then I could talk to you about how much we beat. You know, it was a little cooler today, but there was no frost. So uh, we're no going to keep we're gonna keep it that way for the rest of the week. No frost, um, baby. On Sunday, you can have all the frost you want. Um, but Saturday, there's, there's a frost warning. Saturdays are for college football and for kicking Nebraska's butt. Let's go Buffs, baby. The boys. Let's move into some listener questions. Unless listener you want to call them fans. So you can call fans. Uh, we'll call it listener questions. Right. All right. Number number one, this one's for you, Will. What are your thoughts on the Avs this year? Man, they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be exciting to watch. I know you're not gonna be able to watch them because of the altitude TV blackout. Where's my car? <laughs> Where's my? I lost my car. Where's my car? He okay. works for the athletic department at MSU Denver. That's my favorite. Shout out, joke. Shout out Nate Lake. That's my favorite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kale McCarr. Um I I am excited for their season. Um, I expect them to not get off as. Like, you remember last year, they got off this blazing heart start. I mean, they had the three-headed monster, Gabe Landskog, oh, yeah. Miko oh, Rantanen. Yeah. They were all, like, heart trophy candidates to start the year, and then they really took a dive. I think they'll start a little slower this year as they try to figure out what they need to do, but their experience will guide them through. I don't think they're going to sneak in again, and if they do sneak in under a 6 seed, then they really are, like you said, you were continuously saying, like, an 8 seed isn't what they should be, but... If they get in any lower than a six this year, I think that's a disappointment. Unless they win a cup, 
Um, I could see a four, three, or a two. I don't see them being a one seed just okay. because of how deep the Western Conference is. But I respect that. Um, I think they're going to be good. Philip Grubauer looked good in goal. Um, and then he gets consistent playing time and he doesn't have Varlamov on his back. I think that'll be big. True, 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 um, true. McKinnon's going to have another big year. Uh, Cam McCarr, whatever the rookie of the year is called. In, uh, Where's McCarr? Um, and just pretty sound and you forget that they have all these guys that are still on the rise that they haven't really brought in yet so um the as will have a pretty pretty neat season promising season we'll call it a promising season uh record of the broncos this season what do they need to do to fix it will what's your what's your take right here but let's jump back real quick to the as before one okay. clo- one closing okay. um i think the as will have a better season than the nuggets i think they're gonna Woo! have similar seasons they're gonna have similar seasons Woo! but you want to th- talk about a hot take right there but if they both win a cup and win wins a cup, hey, and wins the finals, it, they're gonna have similar seasons. If you're listening to this right now and you, if you don't think that the Avs are gonna be better than the Nuggets, email us game7show@gmail.com and let us know what you think. Okay. Um, Record of the Broncos this season. Um, what did I say? I said ten and six before the show. Um, after watching, I w- I can go down to nine and seven. Okay. Um, I, I don't know whatever you're smoking, but I want some of what you're smoking. <laughs> uh, Broncos are going to be 6-10, and 10, and it's all dependent on their running game. If if Royce Freeman or, or Philip Lindsay can somehow carry this offense and, and Joe Flacco can be the game manager instead of a quarterback, I think this is going to be a good year. You know, but the chances of that happening are pretty low. And so I'm, I'm going to say they're going to go 6-10. and 10. We missed the playoffs again. Vance Joseph or... Uh, um, uh, Vic Fangio is it might might be on the hot seat again. Oh, I don't see that. You you don't think so? You're telling me if we don't get if we're not successful this year, his seat's not a little warm from John Elway. He's not he's not losing his patience just even a little bit. Something I've always believed is like when you change leadership, you do not see that change until two years, um, and that goes okay. for any leadership, right? You're gonna see that overlap of the previous person. That um, Vance Joseph lasted two years. Not yeah. he, he didn't even last, barely last two years. And we're still going to feel Vance Joseph's culture on this team. Next year, you'll see Vic Fangio. I know that there's a little bit of a change this year so far, but that culture will always relay over. And whether you're good or bad, because that year after Gary Kubiak left, they were still somewhat good, right? It wasn't like they were necessarily bad. The year after Peyton Manning left, they weren't necessarily bad, um, but it was a completely different culture. So, um I'm interested in starting a podcast. What do I need to start one? Suggestions. Um, enroll at Metro State University in Denver um, and come to Met Media for the sports media director. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, pretty much all you need. You, you could use your cell phone for a podcast. And you know, you got voicemail. We've done it before, right? Where you just got to have the voicemail as you hold it pretty close to your mouth. And I guess it just depends on the type of quality that you want, you know, but there's also microphones that are out there on Amazon. Um, you can get those for you know 10 15 bucks a piece you know the the software is probably gonna be like 10 bucks a month so you know you're what 25 bucks in the hole already which isn't bad to start a podcast but if it's something you're interested in yeah. just run for it try it out I think Do that it. was the biggest thing like we started like I started you started before me but I did not start very strong and now it's something that I really enjoyed and oh, I yeah. told myself all through I was like I never want to do radio or broadcast or anything like that and now here we are doing a podcast every week so yeah I mean and, and I encourage you guys that it, it's gonna sound rough at first you know and, and it's gonna be weird listening to your voice on 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 play and, and on the radio and on on a podcast you know it's gonna be different hearing your voice there but um, I guarantee you nobody's judging your voice 
Yeah. I guarantee nobody if because anything, cause they know be your like, voice. They're gonna be like, "Wow, you're you're on a podcast, dude." That's what they're gonna say. Well, they're and, gonna say, "Wow, and, that's so cool." And it's like scientifically proven that you hear your voice differently than other people. So, oh yeah. Um, and it will really help you. Like now, when I do interviews or whatever for Met Media, like I have to listen to my own voice and voice memos, right? When I talk to people. Oh yeah. And it, and it doesn't really bug me anymore. Maybe like when I'm at work, if I have to make a closing announcement or whatever, I can hear my own voice, and it doesn't affect me when it's yeah exactly on the speaker. Uh, what stands out to you guys about the standings in baseball right now? I think the biggest thing is there's a, the teams that are in the playoffs are young. Um, and it, like especially on the, the NL side, like Atlanta is very young. They've been there, but they're young. St. Louis is young. Washington is very young. Yeah. Um, I think what surprises me still is that the, the Twins climbed their way back into first place in the Central. Not only are they up, but they're up five and a half games. And what, That's what surprises me what the most. The, what are the Twins? 85 and 52. Well, they're young. That was oh, they're young. I was going oh, I thought, for. okay. But, um, and the other key point to make here is um, all these teams hit home runs. The Yankees, they hit home runs. The Astros, they hit Twins home runs. Just the broke Twins the record. broke the record. Um, if you flip to the other side, the Dodgers have a an, an a leader. Um, so, like, the, the Braves... Josh Donaldson starting to break out and become a very very good hitter again. So, oh yeah, um, that's something that comes out. What division race are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to the NL Central. You know, you got the Cardinals sitting there at the top at 77 and 60. The Cubs are three games behind them. They've really slumped since the beginning of the year. You know, and then the, and then the Brewers are seven games behind. But still, you got you got the a Brewers lot of teams that are it, you got a lot of a lot of teams that are competitive for for this wild card. You know, you got the Nationals who are only six and a half games behind the Braves. Then you got the Cubs and the Brewers. You know, and and it's it's gonna be a tough. Wild card race. I'm excited to watch it. I love the NOS. 29 games back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I would have to go with the Central, too. Um, and not the NL Central. I want to say the AL Central. And it is a two-team race out there, the Twins and the Indians. And unfortunately, I think the team that loses that race in the NL Central will not, or the AL Central will not make the playoffs um, just because the, the, the Rays are very damn good. And the A's are really making a push. I would be interested in seeing the Rays and the A's again. Oh, yeah. um, but I think whoever wins that, and I, I said like the Twins and the Indians will be the best series we'll see all um, postseason. So if they have to play a game 163, I would be so yep. down for that. Um, yep. So. yep, yep, yep. I'd be excited for game 163, man. Uh, which team currently in the playoff hunt do you think is most likely to miss the postseason? In the playoff hunt or in the playoffs? If you're saying in the playoff hunt, it's obviously going to be the Brewers. That's my choice. Um, yes, they've been there before, but their pitching is in Bre- just The Brewers are four games back of the wild card. Arizona's three and a half. Philadelphia's two and a half back. You know, something that I... Hey, hey the Mets are only four games back. It's going to be you interesting. Know? The one thing that I'll say vice versa to that question, which team do you think most likely uh, versus not likely? What team is most likely to push in? The Arizona Diamondbacks. If they're able to get in, win the Ooh. wild card, they will beat the Los Angeles Dodgers. Ooh. If they get in. You think so? Oh, I, they, they've oh, played them man. tight all year. Um, if you continuously look, I'd like to see the head-to-head stats because I'm pretty sure the Diamondbacks have a winning record against the Dodgers. This oh, year. I don't think so. Um, Cleveland Indians are currently sitting in the in the uh, second wild card spot, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them fall out of the bottom. I, I, I still think the Red Sox have have one last push in them this month, and, and they're only five and a half games. I say only five and a half games back. It's September, but they I think they still have one last push in them. You know, they, they all it takes is, a, is one series to get hot. The Oakland Athletics are only a game behind the Cleveland Indians, and um, it's only a, a half game separating Tampa Bay and Cleveland in that wild card. So I, I think it's open between those four teams, between Boston, Oakland, Cleveland, and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is another team to look at. I think 
Um, they're on the verge. They've been quietly good all year. They just yeah. maybe they fall apart here, and that's something to think about. The Phillies are another team that are right on the the brink that I think will struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, they got hot real lately, but and you know. uh, and another team don't count out the Rockies, man. Sixteen games back, <laughs> fifty nine and eighty. Don't don't count them out, man. Count them out for home field advantage. The question <laughs> the question here is who will get home field advantage? Uh, the Yankees or the Astros? Oh. That's a great question. That's a, that's a good. That's a good one. They're Wh- both whoever's they're, hotter. They're they're both sitting at ninety and forty nine right now. Do I, they I, play each other again? Do you know? I don't. I don't look, think so. Will you look that one up? I don't think so. Um, I'll give look. you my take on this one. Um, Yankees or Astros? I'd rather see them play in New York. To be completely honest with you, I mean, it's just New York is not that it's better, but it's more historic essentially. Um, a game seven in New York between the Yankees and the Astros would be pretty sweet. Then um, a game six in Houston will be pretty sweet too. But um, I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking at their schedule right now, and honestly, it looks like the Astros have the easier schedule. I mean, they got the. But does that matter? The, it does. It does because the Yankees have to play against the the Tampa Bay Rays and and the Angels and the Red Sox and. And the Rangers, a bunch of times against the Rangers, actually. Well, and I would say that the Yankees are going to not back into the playoffs, and they'll be playing these good teams, and they'll be used to it. So, you know, um, I will take the Yankees for home field advantage. I'm, I'm going to take the Astros for home field advantage. Good I pick. think they got the. I think they got the better rotation. I think they can get through it better. Um, Verlander or Cole yeah. for a- American League Cy Young. These are the two candidates. Uh, primary, I guess, two of the leading candidates for the American League Cy Young and their teammates, Verlander or, or Cole? Which one are you taking? Verlander. I mean... I'm going I'm to take Verlander, too. He just threw his third no-no. How can you not... How can you go against He's just that? been damn good, and he's given up the most home runs for baseball, but... So what? He's damn good. He limits damage, man. Limits damage. Uh, does the altitude actually affect sports in Colorado? Like, will the altitude affect Nebraska or any other football team, for that matter, in Boulder? Yes. Yes, altitude does oh, matter. You can't breathe. If you, if you can't breathe at 5,280 feet above sea level, you know, you're going to have a problem playing defense. You're going to have a problem running the ball. Um, you know, Nebraska's got to bring their oxygen tanks for them this week. And I don't think it'll be that much of a difference for a team like Nebraska to come in here. Um, but a team like, well, think about the Pac-12. They're pretty much at elevation, too. Think, think um, about UCLA or Arizona coming into town. The, those are teams that probably have to adjust and probably have to bring some some oxygen tanks. But Well, and, and one thing that I like to remember is that the Rise is Real team. That was the two-year-ago team that won the Pac-12 South Yep. Um, with Stefan Lufau. And their key was that they worked on tempo, right? Philip yep. Lindsay was their beast running back. He, yep. They, yep. That was yep. the tempo. Yep. yep. Um, and another thing to think about is George Carl's teams that went to like nine straight playoffs tempo. with Melo. They worked Mello on and running. Allen Iverson was a part of that for a quick minute, you know? So um, it's clearly an effect. Um, but who does it affect? I mean, even the Broncos for the Tebow years with uh, – would Ryan Clark, I think it was his name, what's he going to play for the Steelers? Um, different things like that. So, um, any, any more fan questions that you have that you didn't enter? That was kind of fun. That was kind of like rapid fire. I think that's how we should do it is it's like super rapid fire. Boom, 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 boom. That was pretty good, huh? It felt cool. And we were just going back and forth. And I felt like we were really having a great discussion there. And we didn't get too long. And you didn't yawn this time for once, which is pretty yeah, neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's close it out today, man. Let's close it out. Do I get to go do the closing this week too? I think you do the closing better. Okay. Well, I'll start okay. it off. What did What did you learn today, Will? What'd you learn? Tell me what you learned. I learned that I'd rather be dead than red. There you go. I learned it sucks to be a CSU Ram last week, and I also learned that uh, Sean White is 33 years old, 
1986. That's that's no. Is that did I mess this up? Is that that's not 33 years, is it? 19. Yeah, it is. Oh, that is 2019. Huh? And and Bud Smith can can throw a no hitter in his fourth career start and then not be heard of again after 2002. Pretty interesting stuff right there. There's a lot of pitchers like that in baseball. There is. It could be Kyle Freeland. You never know. Yeah, that's very very true. Thank you, Met Radio, for hosting us. As always, Met Radio is the student voice of MSU Denver. Gives us the platform to talk on the podcast. Basically, gives us the ability to reach a bigger audience. Talk on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Um, as always, hit us up with questions for the next podcast. Interact with us on social media. Um, we made some takes today. If you didn't like our takes or if you did like our takes, email us, game7show at gmail.com, or you can slide my DMs at Isaac, <laughs> at Isaac underscore Bugarin, I-S-A-A-C underscore B-U-G-A-R-I-N, or you could hit up Will at Will underscore Sattler. That is W-I-L-L underscore S-A-T-L-E-R. You can follow us on Twitter at underscore Game7, G-A-M-E-S-E-V-E-N. Uh, YouTube Game Seven Show, Facebook Game Seven Show. That's where we're gonna we're gonna post the full length clips of the video and um, different segments that we had this week. You know, you should start posting the short, short things. So then, like, if people just go to our YouTube, you just hear, bloop, you get the short video, and you can like go to that quick because that's what ESPN does and stuff. What do you mean? Just post the short clips that we post on Facebook and stuff. You know, just what post I mean? them on the YouTube. Hmm. I'll, I'll also do that. Um, I want to remind everybody that if you are looking for a pet. To go to the shelter first, as always. I like how you changed it from dog to pet. Because because shelters have cats, too. Well, they have more than just dogs and cats. They have they chihuahuas. Have, they have pets. A chihuahua's <laughs> a dog, dude. Oh, my goodness. Chihuahuas are not dogs. If you're looking for a pet, go to the shelter first. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Rather oh, you cut, my, you cut my mic? Oh, rather be dead than red. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> rather be dead than red. I'll catch you next week.